It's not, it's not just, I'm not just your coconut almond flour mama. <laughs> I got a whole bunch. Well, tell me more. You're listening to Paleo Pep Talk. Let's get real. I'm Chelsea, owner of Paleo Pep Talk and a 20-something graphic designer living a big city paleo life. And joining me is my multi-talented mom, Lori, traveler of the open highway living a small town paleo life. Join us here every Monday morning as we share our simple, real-life tips and tricks to add the fun into paleo. Now, let's remember our disclaimer, we're actually not nutritionists, doctors, or trainers, just your average mother and daughter sharing our thoughts and experiences about being paleo. Please consult the doctor for any health concerns you may have. Now, welcome to our Paleo Party. You're listening to episode number 55, the one about paleo baking substitutes. Yay, and I'm so glad we did this because I learned a lot. Did you? I have a fun one, an exotic one that I'm excited oh, to talk cool. about. cool. Um, yep. Okay. Oh, but first... What? You have a recommendation of a place to eat to tell people about. Oh, Smashburger? Yeah. <laughs> so, in, in Michigan, there's this place called Smashburger, which I thought was kind of a local Michigan kind of thing. Apparently, it's all over the country. It's all over the world, this Smashburger. It started in Denver. It is so good. <laughs> and you can get gluten-free buns, um, but you can also get... Um, it's a burger place, but you can also get any of the burger things as a salad. Um, but they also have sweet potato fries that are done in olive oil and rosemary... Um, Sounds so amazing. Really, and they have really good, like a burger that has bacon, avocado, whatever. You know, it's all great. All of the meat is fresh. They don't use frozen patties. It's all fresh. Um, anyway, great place uh, to get a burger or a salad or, you know, whatever. It's called Smash Burger. It's all over the place except for northern Idaho. <laughs> of course. <laughs> northern okay. Idaho couldn't help. There's well, three in Boise. Why would they do that? Of course. There's three in Boise? Yes. Wow. And, oh, and I'm sorry, Chelsea Ray, there's none in Washington, D.C. Oh, Although there's in Virginia but and there's Maryland. some in New York, so. Right, which is close enough. Yeah, so. so. Anyway, and you. It's called the DMV. What's that? That's what, like, when in rap songs, when they talk about, like, growing up in D.C., Oh, D.C., Maryland, Virginia. DMV. D.C., Maryland, Virginia. (laughs) That's cool. That's what they say. (laughs) So, you know, I was going to ask you, did you get your... Do you have a valid driver's license? Do I? Yeah. Yeah, I do. It's still Indiana? It is. I thought it would have been up this year. Uh, No, I'm pretty sure it's 2021. Oh, okay, cool. I think. Okay. Well, you'll get to. You didn't yeah. ever get a New York driver's license, so you'll I never know. have one. To... Okay, that's rude. I know, unless you want to run down and get that taken care of before you leave. I know. Maybe I should do that. Because then you can keep it. Then you'll have a. No, they take. They them don't in Idaho anymore, one. which shocked me. Well, when I went to Indiana, when I got my new one in Indiana, which I tell people this story all the time. Do you remember why I had to get it? License in Indiana? Yeah, I'm trying to remember now, but you had to. Was it for your taxes or something? It's, 
No. It seems very illegal when I think about it. Um, it's because they called me to jury duty in Sandpoint. Oh, that's and right. That's we right. said that I was in school in Indiana. Yeah, that's and right. And they said that they were going to come after me if I didn't go back. Yeah, I know. I remember that. That's and I, now illegal. That I remember that. I was thinking, I'm like, she, but she's across the country. She can't come. And we did the it's one illegal. year extension, but then at the end of that year, they're like, I, she'll be, if she ever comes back to the state, she'll be, you know, in uh, the, <laughs> on the most wanted on the most wanted, there'll be a warrant out. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, she's going to fly I home. I was in college. For $5 a day to sit on a jury duty. Right. I do remember it that now. Make... And we had to remember? supply them with your driver's license from another state. I remember that now. Yep. So I had to go get a license in Indiana yep. so that I wouldn't be on basically America's Most Wanted. Yep. Yeah, they're hard up for jurists around here, I think. Well, because they've given out to anybody who's over 65, I think. And then, and those are the people that should be on jury duty because, you know, they just have a little more wisdom at times. And they also have the time. They also have the time, but they also are probably, like, less removed, more removed from the situation. Well, right. They like, probably aren't as in on what's The younger yeah. people all know everything about what's happening. <laughs> exactly. Like, exactly. That's the true. The older people don't have Facebook. Right, right. Yeah, I hear <laughs> like, you. They so, can't be biased about it. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, I know. I hear you. Yeah. I've never, still to this day, been on jury duties. Yeah. Ugh. Hatred. Who knows? There could be a warrant out for my arrest in Indiana. I have literally no idea. <laughs> oh, you've oh, unless they I, who knows where they've been sending jury notices. Exactly, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you might be. <laughs> Oops. Well, you're usually supposed to within thirty days of moving to in Idaho. Within thirty days, you have to get. There's a fine if you don't get your license within thirty days of living well, in the state. So. Don't tell anybody. Yeah. So you probably better not go down to, you just wait till you get to DC and get a, <laughs> but yeah, Richard went last week or two weeks ago on his birthday to get his license and they said you could keep your old one. And it's like, really? Like you could just be passing around driver's That's life. Crazy. Well, I it's expired, but still, you know, I don't know if bouncers it look depends. at expiration dates. The 219, dates just, probably not so much. <laughs> probably not. Yep. <sighs> anyway, okay. So we're going to talk about substitutes when you're baking, and I kind of focused in on flour substitutes because we know the we taught we've talked about sugar substitutes before. Oh yeah, it's more so, like for cooking you know, for yeah, yeah for baking. Yep. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I've got a bunch of fun ones. You do. I do. What kind of fun ones? It's not, it's not just I'm not just your coconut almond flour mama. I got a whole bunch. Well, tell me more. Well, did you find any? Well, I mean, I've got the basics, but I do have one fun one. Okay, well, let's go through the basics. Let's go through the obvious, the basics. Okay, the basics. What's on a list? Like, So usually, like, coconut flour is... Coconut and almond flour come up as the most common. We should talk about them. Let's talk about each of them, because we should talk about... How they, how well they bake, and how well of a substitute right. they are. Okay, so so coconut flour, um, it actually can be a little tricky because it's not a one to one substitution with mm-hmm. coconut flour. You can't do if it calls for 
one cup of flour, you cannot put one cup of coconut flour in. Mm-hmm. You know why? Well, the you know consistency why? is different. Well, a little bit, but more than that, it's it soaks up liquid more than normal oh, flour. Oh, interesting. Okay. So it will make what you're making uh, cakier or, you know, not the whatever that you need yep. necessarily. So, and it does have a little bit of a coconut flavor. I don't notice it so much, but I know other people that do notice it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, although it is very smooth flour, so it does give a nice result, you just have to make sure that you probably use that in recipes that are calling for coconut flour. Yes. And not just trying to substitute. Yep. Is that what you think? Yeah. Um, so... <coughs> Excuse me. I have, there's actually like a paleo, I don't know what you want to call it. We'll call it the like paleo perfect ratio of mixing almond flour and coconut flour. Okay. To, for like a normal recipe. So they say that. Like, what are you talking a normal recipe meaning like uh, muffins or or cake or something or, okay. So, um, it's. Uh, I just had it. I'm so sorry. Um, so I think it's, oh my gosh. Okay. Keep talking. I lost it. Well, okay. So let's talk about almond flour if we're going to, con- well, okay. Those, so you know. one other thing about coconut flour really quick is that yes, <coughs> when it's, sorry, we're both coughing. Yeah, we both have coughs. That's fine. <laughs> when it bakes, you said this, it's more cakey, but it also can fall apart. A lot more. Yeah, it can be more. A lot crumbly. easier. Yeah. So, yeah. like for instance, if you make a, like a pizza crust with coconut flour versus almond flour, the almond flour one is gonna be rock solid like a pizza, not hard, mm-hmm. but like it's gonna stay together. Right. If you, I've, right. I'm saying this because I've done this before. If you make it with coconut yes. flour, it's gonna fall apart and be crumbly. Fall apart. Yeah. Right. Because it, it gets too dry. Because it. Yeah. It soaks up that moisture, and so there's no more moisture holding everything together. Yeah. Kind of, so. So, almond flour, which is made... Okay, so coconut flour is the coconut meat dried and then turned into a flour. Almond flour is the almond nuts. So, uh, it's a nut. Almond flour is a nut flour. If you can't have nuts, don't do almond yeah, flour. Yeah, so AIP it is the nuts. cannot They're dried have and up. almond flour. They have to almond have coconut flour. flour. Right. So almond flour, it's used well for like savory breads, muffins, dense cakes, and actually meatloaf, they say, is good with um, almond flour. Interesting. And then did you come up with your ratio? No. I can't find it. I lost it. Okay. Well, there is a ratio. Some people do like half and half or a quarter and three quarters. I think that it's more of like a quarter, I just from some recipes that I have, it's like a quarter cup Almond flour and two tablespoons coconut flour. Okay, okay. So around um, and the and part of that is the coconut flour is much finer, uh, so it helps with consistency. And it mixed with the almond flour, you get kind of a normal flour consistency. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's why. However, there are a bunch of other options out there to use that are have come uh, become more popular. Some are more expensive, but there are a lot of other options. And I know you've mentioned this several times, Chelsea, and really kind of the new, you know, good one for all everything that if you're going to have it, if you're going to have a, a flower in your uh, cupboard is cassava flour. 
Ah, uh, yes, cassava flour. And some of my favorite <laughs> products are made with cassava flour. My yes. Siete tortillas and my Siete tortilla chips are both made with cassava flour. I've never personally cooked mm-hmm. with cassava flour, mm-hmm. but all the things that I've eaten that have cassava flour in them are incredible. And it is. It's become such a popular thing. Yeah. And it's actually a root, cassava root. Interesting. And it is uh, dried and ground up. And so it's a root, just like a sweet potato is a root, you know. Um, it's actually the closest standalone replacement for white or whole wheat flour. Really? Uh, and it is a- AIP friendly also. Oh, it is? And nut free. It's nut, yes, AIP and nut free. Wow. Because um, it's a root. Cassava's a right. root. It's, re- it's good for cakes, muffins, biscuits, sandwich bread, you know, things like that that you would normally do. And it, again, it's the closest standalone replacement. Wow. Um, it also does not have a taste. Um, uh, oh, whoops, where did I put that? Oh, it's good for tortillas, apparently. Yeah. Really well, good so for that's, making homemade tortillas. That's what the tortillas that I get are made out of. Yep. And it's high in dietary fiber. And, of course, since it's so wonderful... There must be a drawback, right? There must. It's very high in calories. Yeah, but we don't really care about that, do we? No, we don't, but you have to within reason. Yeah, it's twice the amount of a sweet potato. And sweet potatoes are pretty high. Whoa. Sugar but what about carbs? In, well, yeah, that it's the carbs that give the calories in uh, sweet potato. Because right. sweet potatoes don't have protein, so it's all carb protein, right. which is sugar uh, or sugar, cal- not protein, sugar calories, and cassava root is twice the amount of calories. So if a sweet potato is, uh, say, 100 calories for a sweet potato, it would be 200 for... Oh. So it is higher in sugar, and it does... Um, oh, shoot, I forgot the name of the website I went to. Uh, but um, she says, you just want to be aware of that. Yeah. You know, yeah, we're not counting calories necessarily, but if you're trying to watch your insulin spiking, you know, it is going to do that. Yeah. So, you know, if you're going to have something with cassava flour, make sure you're having a good fat and protein or something with it to balance you out. So. Yep. Well, another, actually to hop back for a second to the regulars. Mm -hmm. Yes. There's one other one that we didn't talk about. Oh, I've got other ones too. Well, I think that with the coke, this is like an add-on to the coconut and almond flour. You can't okay. use it by itself. I don't think. I okay. might be wrong. Is okay. tapioca flour. Okay. So yep. tapioca flour, I don't think, is meant to be used as like by itself, right? Okay. Tapioca is a starch, actually, technically. It's not a flour, although sometimes it'll say tapioca powder, tapioca flour. Yeah. It is a tapioca starch, and it actually comes from the cassava root. It does? Uh, yes. Oh. So the cassava root, it's like ground up and put in water, and the process starches um, and flours. The, the difference is starch is a component of a flour, and it's actually the more sugary part from the flour, whatever the flour is made of. Now, they take the cassava root and they put it like in, they mash it up in water and stuff, and then they drain off that 
water and then they let that dry and the stuff that's left is the starch and that's what people use starches for thickening and stuff like that and you're correct you wouldn't normally use tapioca starch on its own you can use it with other things it is not a one-for-one -one replacement do not put a cup of tapioca right. in something yeah. um it's uh used in gravies um sauces icing pancakes cupcakes muffins for a thickening it's like a thickening agent um so you're right uh it it is used, you see it a lot, but it's used to kind of thicken or stiffen things. Yeah. But it is so, a starch, and it's usually only used by the, like, tablespoon. Yeah, so... It's a smaller... For instance, yeah. it's in the recipe that I have for pizza crust. It's, like... Yes. However much almond flour and then the tapioca flour, and in layman's terms, yeah. how I explain the tapioca flour is it makes things, like, stretchy. Yes. Like, it makes yes. things stretchy and gives elasticity. Elasticity. Yep. You're right. You're absolutely right. That's what it does. And, then, and also it has another name. What is it also called? Okay. you. It can also... Or there's um, a substitute for it. There is a substitute. It's arrowroot. Arrowroot powder. Yep. Yes. So And I'll explain... Well, let me... Well, arrowroot powder, also arrowroot flour, also arrowroot starch, the same <laughs> as tapioca. It is a starch. It might be called powder or flour it is a starch, starch. um it is used the same as tapioca it's also not a one-to-one -one. um they say like for a sauce so if a sauce is called like say you're making a gravy and it's calling for a quarter of a cup of flour you would want to start with maybe a tablespoon instead of a quarter of a cup you want to start with smaller amounts here's the cool thing about arrowroot is um uh uh, what was I going to say? Oh, is that, okay, well, anytime, and most people know, but if you don't know, if you're doing a sauce or something, you always mix the starch with a little bit of water first and make a little, um, I don't know if they call it a roux or a little, you water that down first before you add it to your drippings or whatever it is you're making. Wow, I but the cool thing that. about arrowroot, huh? I said, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, so it comes from the root of a topical plant made the same way I told you the tapioca is where they mash it down in water and then do that. But it um, is an excellent thickener. Um, it has no taste and it also leaves the food. Like if you make a sauce or a gravy with it, it leaves it gloss glossy and clear where cornstarch, which is the normal thing that people use for a starch to make sauces and stuff, makes things kind of dull mm -hmm. and kind of a cloudy color. Well, when you put this in, it makes it kind of shiny and clear. So it'll make your dressing or your uh, sauces and gravy and stuff really pretty. Um, and also, you can freeze it. Arrowroot starch can you be can. frozen. You cannot freeze cornstarch. So if you made a gravy with cornstarch, you cannot freeze it. But you can actually freeze it with arrowroot. Really? Yep. And this you will like. And? With, this is, the, I was so excited, these wonderful things I learned. And I have arrowroot powder, Bob's arrowroot, yep. or starch, in my cupboard, unopened, because I don't know what to do with it, but now <laughs> I do. Now you do. If you coat, it makes things crispy and crunchier, so you could coat your really? sweet potato fries lightly with it, and you'll get a really crispy one, and also... For fried chicken, like you can... Yeah, uh, and like chicken tenders. 
like yeah you can coat uh, use your herbs and then the tapioca for the coating that you kind of um, toss the chicken in and it will be crispier and crunchier interesting I had no so idea cool, that they huh? did that I know isn't that cool yeah I love that and it doesn't stop there oh, it keeps um, going it keeps going you can get all you can buy two for the price of nineteen ninety five. um so it also is excellent in use for dessert toppings like apple crisp and things like that where you want to do a crunchy topping you can use the arrowroot yep. flour um to make or, it crunchy uh, starch yeah to make it crispy and crunchy so arrowroot and it, it didn't list all that for tapioca but it did for arrowroot for arrow. so interesting yeah but yes, yeah, but they are interchangeable. Tapioca, starch, arrowroot, they're both starches. Both and they cannot starches. be used alone in like baking. But they can use but be they used can between be used one alone. Other. Yeah, and they can use be alone for like gravies and sauces and stuff like that. But yeah. Yeah. Very cool, huh? That's great. I didn't know all of next, that about it. I just used it. I know. I'm going to use it next time I do my air fryer with some uh, sweet potato fries. Oh my gosh, that's such a good idea. I want to yep. try that too. And do you have any other? Yeah. I've got a few more. I have one. Um, okay. And I want to say it because I don't want you to say it. <laughs> okay. I'll let you say okay. it. Okay. So mine is something that was pretty popular a year or two ago, but... It's an okay. interesting one, and I've never personally used it. I've eaten things that have it in it, but I've never used okay. it to actually bake my own things. But it's cricket flour. Oh, I didn't have that. You on didn't my have list. it, <laughs> and I will not be using it. And you ate cricket flour. I ate so a few years ago at work at time. We did a story about like new foods or something like that, and one okay. of them was. Crickets, crickets were okay. the popular like two years ago, and yeah. um, uh, one of the things is cricket flour. It's it's in, actually apparently like incredible for you. So it's probably high in protein and good for you. Yeah, they claim that cricket flour has three times more protein than steak. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's per pound, and if you think about it, so a serving of cricket powder is two <coughs> tablespoons, yeah. and it okay. contains fifty-five calories, 0.8 grams of carbs, seven grams of protein, two grams of fat. Wow! Yeah, and then wow. some B twelve and B two, calcium, iron. Cool. Blah blah blah. Um, it apparently the flour does not have a taste. Bland. There's no taste to it, and That's it cooks surprising. really well. And they say it helps. Can you with, use it one to one ratio? It's gluten free. What? Is it like a one to one ratio? If a recipe calls for two cups of flour, can you put in? You wouldn't want to put in two cups of cricket. I mean, it's probably more a specialty, like some. I'm looking of the up. other flours. You probably wouldn't use that necessarily in baking, like. A quarter cup to a third cup cricket powder for one cup green-based flour. 
Oh, okay. Okay. So smaller. Yeah. And here's the thing with baking. Baking is actually a science. There's a certain amount of liquids to dry material, to gooey material, to whatever, to make whatever it is and to make it rise properly, to make it, you know, hold together like we've talked about. You can't just necessarily, if something says, say, a quarter of a cup for a cup of flour... You, you can't just do that without adjusting the liquids, too, or you'll end up with a sloppy mess. There is a actual right. science to baking. So, um, again, I... Um, I know that. Have you ever seen the great British baking show? <laughs> there is On a Netflix. science. Have you I ever have seen, not it? seen it? But there is a science to what has to... I know. Oh, okay. That's what I'm oh, okay. saying. Is yes, I'm being okay. serious. Oh, they talk okay. about it. it. That show, everyone that's ever watched that show, it's very popular, knows okay. what I'm talking about. But the things that they bake are incredible, and they just make it yeah. off of the top of their heads. But sometimes they mess up because their, their the ratios aren't right. And, you know, it's funny because cooking is very easy compared to baking. Baking is a science. I mean, you, ha you can't just create a cookie. You have to know how much... You know, a baking soda is needed for whatever to make it rise or, you know, not rise or whatever. Leaven, yeah. if you want baking, you know, um, soda or whatever. So anyway, yeah, you can't just necessarily substitute. So I want to encourage people, if you're going to use some of these more, uh, the different flours that aren't one-to-one, -one, use it with a recipe that actually calls for it. Like look up recipes that call for cricket flour and enjoy. Yeah. I won't be joining you. Like someone on the internet, I promise, has created oh, I'm a recipe sure they have. for cricket flour pizza I'm sure crust. And it'll have all the right The ratios. other thing I can tell you is I can pretty much guarantee the countries where they probably have to eat crickets for breakfast, lunch, and dinner would love to not have cricket flour. Well, probably true. <laughs> but so, well, what I was going to say is so the cricket flour thing is, the cricket thing is a big deal. Like there's, I see them all the time in Whole Foods. There's cricket mm -hmm. bars, mm -hmm. like protein bars. <laughs> That are apparently mm -hmm. great. There's like cricket chocolate. Yeah. It's like a oh, big sure. craze I'm of sure crickets. That's because of all their protein. Yeah, apparently. No, I know it's no. It probably is really healthy. So, just think when yeah. they come up with um, <sighs> what are those bugs that are all roach uh, flour? Ew, no, cockroaches do not have protein in them. That's just I'm sorry, but to a lot of countries, Ew. crickets are like cockroaches. They are pests. Um, <laughs> I remember living in Texas, and I can't remember what season it was. I think it might have been in the fall because the fields, or late summer, early fall, when the fields, the harvest was out, and you always had to, you know, they, people had to get the harvest in before the crickets ate the, you know, harvest and stuff. But they would have... Right. where the light posts were. I think it was mainly in Abilene where we saw this, not so much in Dallas, but in Abilene, Texas, where the lights were, the ground, they would congregate there at night, and it would just, the whole intersection would be, ew, like crickets. And it was so noisy, and you could, like, slide right through there, put on the brakes, like, just slide right through the crickets. It was awful. They were, like, awful. Anyway, okay, so, um, okay, so here's another one is hazelnut flour, which is another nut flour, so it wouldn't be AIP. It's a little more expensive, and you would use it um, sparingly, but it is supposed to be good for, um, oh, whoops, I messed up. Oh, no, I didn't. 
Oh, I'm sorry. I messed up. I said the arrowroot powder was good for uh, dessert toppings. It's the hazelnut flour that's good for dessert toppings like cobblers and stuff. The arrowroot powder is good for making things crispy and crunchy, though. So I don't want to... That is still true. But the hazelnut flour is supposed to be good for things like dessert toppings and things like that. And you can also pair it or mix it in with other flours. It's a little more expensive. And then another one that we talked about uh, about a few couple of months ago that was kind of new to us and not available as readily in the United States but is becoming more popular is that the plantain flour, which we talked about, uh, which is from plantains. They just dry the plantains, and it, it actually can be used exactly like cassava. It's a one-for-one. One. I didn't know that they had plantain flour. Well, we talked about it actually... Uh, uh, quite a while, well, a few months ago when we were talking about plantains, and I, at the time, it said... Oh, that's could, right, that's right, that's right. You could just dry them and stick them in your blender and, you know, yep, make yep, your own. and make the flour. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. But it's also available, it, and, and probably uh, ethnic um, stores might have it. Um, probably your old neighborhood up in where you used to live. Yep. Hamilton Heights, probably, you could have found plantain powder up there. Yeah, probably. Um, but anyway, it's becoming more popular. So, cool. Yeah. And there's one more. Do you do you have another one? I have another one. Mm. This one makes me giggle. <laughs> what? I don't have another one. <laughs> okay, here it goes. I've never heard of this before, and I don't know why they call it this, but it's called tiger nut flour. Oh, <laughs> I know about tiger nut flour. I should have guessed that. Do you know what a tiger nut is? Yeah, it's a it's like a almond. No, it's not a nut. It's a root oh, it's vegetable. A it's a it's a root vegetable. It's very similar to a plantain. I see it all the time in Whole Foods. They sell it all the time. Yeah, it's so it's similar to plantains and it's the same use as the plantain or cassava. It's a little grittier, they say. So, but it but it's also a good substitute if you're AIP. It's not a nut, but it's called tiger nut flour. Oh, so you can use it as AIP. Yes. But it just cool. cracks me up. Why would you call it a tiger nut if it's a root vegetable? If it's not a nut. <laughs> it's not a nut. Yeah. So, They're crazy. Yeah. So I'm trying to think if there was anything else I just wanted to add. Well, and using like, I was also going to say like, using baking soda and baking powder are still okay. Absolutely. Yeah. They don't have. Yeah. That's for leavening or making something rise or making something not rise or, right. or whatever you want to do. So in just in case people thought that right, that was and I believe you that you can interchange uh, ghee with butter and it won't be a problem. The difference mainly clar- ghee, clar- which is clarified butter, basically doesn't have the dairy in it that the butter has, which right. shouldn't affect a recipe really. Uh, it oh, doesn't, I do that all the time. I yeah. don't know if it's right, but I do it all the time. It, well, uh, butter will harden at room temperature, and ghee doesn't harden as much, if you've noticed. You know, ghee does get yeah. hard, but it's still a little it's more like a margarine texture. Um, yeah. So if that makes a difference in your recipe, um, like, I don't know, you know, for sure how that would work, so you'd have to probably do some research on that. But it yeah. should be okay in general, so. Yeah. Yep, and salt and pepper and all the other stuff should be fine. Uh, so anyway. Cool. Yeah, I learned a lot. Well, I know, me too. I'm really excited. And I didn't know about hazelnut powder either, so I'm interested to look for that, actually. Yeah, hazelnut flour. It's supposed to be good. It's used sparingly. It's very much for, like, you know, just 
fancier things, desserts and stuff, or you yeah. could, you know. So, and I love hazelnuts, so I don't know if it has that flavor or not. So, I know. I wonder. Yeah. Yeah. But, Interesting. Uh, yeah. So very fun. I'm so glad that we got to share all this. I know, me too. It's so, Chelsea, great... what are we going to do next week? <laughs> so, next <laughs> week is going to be maybe my favorite episode of the year. And we are going to do introducing the Paleo Pep Talk Holiday Guide. Yep. And we are going to do um, our do some fun, some fun things. We're going to do our favorite movies, yep. our favorite food, our favorite drinks. Um, our favorite activities, Christmas activities, mm-hmm. and our favorite decorations, ways to decorations. Yep. And maybe because I just thought of it, some of our favorite Christmas songs. Oh my goodness, Christmas music, yes. We love Christmas music. Yes. So, um, we will be talking about all of our favorite Christmas things next week, so definitely do not miss that episode. Yeah. And I hope that you have... A wonderful baking week ahead of you. Yes, enjoy your Thanksgiving and hopefully share if you with your pretty pictures if you made um, any fun recipes, whether we talked about yes, it or not. Yes, use the hashtag Paleo Pep Talk Thanksgiving. If you have any fun Thanksgiving paleo recipes, we would love to see them. And I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And we are so thankful to all of you for listening to us every week and for being there. So thank you so much for being part of our podcast. Yes, thank you. We'll see you guys next week. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you, thank you, thank you guys for hanging out with us for the past half hour. We are so grateful to have you all here with us and listening along. If you loved partying along with us today and want to share it with your friends, please do. You can listen to our podcast on iTunes and you can follow us on Instagram at Paleo Pep Talk and you can find a ton of resources, all of our encouragement and of course join our Paleo e-party at www.paleopeptalk.com and very important, if you have any questions, fun, silly, whatever it may be that you want us to talk about, please email them to us at paleopeptalk at gmail.com or there's a place to submit your questions on our site. We cannot wait to hang out with you guys again next Monday talking about our new topic, answering all of your burning paleo questions. Don't forget to send them to us. But now it's time for you to keep this paleo party going all week and we'll meet you back here, same place, same time. 